You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, so the kids are heading off to Kids Church, and we thank you for working with kids, Kids Church workers. Show the Kids Church workers love. So we're going to talk about hope, a series on hope to go along with the hope cards we've been giving out and posting around and putting on bulletin boards. Find hope in life, and everybody wants hope. Everybody desires hope. In their recent book, The God Conversation, Moreland and Mulhoff illustrate the universal desire for a story to have a happy ending. Do you like stories that have a happy ending? I like stories and movies that have a happy ending, and I also like ones where the dog doesn't die. So I go to doesthedogdie.com before I watch the movie to make sure the dog doesn't die. I just can't take it when the dog dies. There was a newspaper article years ago about this guy and his border collie in the mountains in uh, California, and somehow he like, went off the road and they died. And I said to my wife, I said, that poor dog. And she's like, what, the poor dog? And I'm like, well, the guy was driving. It was his fault. That dog had nothing to do with that. After Old Yeller and uh, where the red fern grows and stuff like that, I just I want a happy ending. Sometimes I'll look to the back of a book to make sure it has a happy ending, or I just don't want to invest the time. And we want a happy ending in life. And in this book, The God Conversation, they write, uh, this is a recent book from 2017, and they live happily ever after is a constant refrain in fairy tales, movies, and love songs. Our well-meaning friends tell us it's going to be all right. And we have proverbs that assure that behind every cloud is a silver lining. This desire for a happy ending seems deeply embedded within us. This desire is so strong that some artists and directors are forced to compromise in order to provide us with the ending we want. In the 2013 film August, Osage County, actress Meryl Streep plays the harsh matriarch of a dysfunctional family. The film unrelentingly shows the family ripping itself apart. Scene after scene is void of warmth, humor, or hope. The film fittingly ends with Streep weeping in the arms of the housekeeper as each of her daughters abandons her. As the credits roll, audiences are presented with the scene of the eldest daughter, Julia Roberts, standing in a field, smiling as she watches horses playfully run together as the sun goes down, casting everything in golden hues. In the background, a pop group sings an upbeat song, Things Are Always Better When We're All Together. How was such an ending added to the troubling film? John Wells, who adapted the play, sheepishly admitted he was pressured into it. When the movie had been shown to test audiences, they had rebelled and demanded that producers provide a more hopeful ending. Thus, the movie ends with a classic Julia Roberts smile and a pop anthem playing during a glorious sunset. Audiences got their happy ending, however forced. And to think that they would do that to try to make you feel better before you left, when you just watched the whole story and it was so tragic, it kind of makes you like lose hope in that whole situation. I mean, to see a family falling apart, you hope it will get better, but what if it doesn't? What would her hope be? Our hope is in heaven. Our hope is that God will make everything right. As I grow older, I look back and see how faithful God has been and how he's done amazing things in people's lives. And I just see that even in our church, amazing things happen. I remember 
when uh, we first started the church years ago, there was this little tiny boy, Jeremy, and as he grew up, he became a commercial airline pilot, and he sends me messages about, uh, we converse about, is he growing in Christ, and about what he's doing, and stuff like that. And then uh, I saw on YouTube just the other day that one of the youth group kids from an old church has grown up, he's got his own martial arts studio, and he's a paramedic and stuff, that he's now going to Crown College to become a pastor, and he preached a sermon, and I watched it on YouTube. It was awesome. Even here, I didn't ask to point him out, but even Weston over here on the football team has the highest pressure job ever being the kicker. I mean, the football team, you know, plays terribly to the point that they have to rely on the kicker to win the game, and then it comes to the kick in the last seconds, and will he make it, will he miss, and he made it. So he's feeling the love this week, and it's just so awesome to see people that are growing up, people that are growing spiritually, people that weren't saved, that are saved, that are serving the Lord in ministry now, people that had broken marriages and relationships that have been restored and are growing in Christ. And there is hope, and we need to be brokers of hope. I can preach sermons all the time, and I can put them online, and I can do all this stuff, but nobody is more powerful in someone else's life than you. The people that you are around, the people at your work, at school, in your neighborhood, it's you telling your faith story, you pointing them to Jesus, you being a broker of hope that makes a difference. And the greatest hope we have is the hope in eternity. The hope in eternity. Eternity is tough to think about. I mean, what is it? Are we just going to be sitting around on clouds doing nothing, strumming harps? No. What are, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to be with the Lord, but all of everything that will happen in the future, we don't exactly know. But we do know that the Bible talks a lot about eternity and that our eternal future is made secure in Christ. And Dr. Tony Evans says this about eternity. If we were to empty the Pacific Ocean, the largest body of water in the world would be left with a hole that's beyond imagination. If we were then to fill that hole with sand and make a pile as high as Mount Everest, we'd be talking about a lot of sand because Mount Everest is the tallest mountain peak in the world. Since the ocean is fairly deep and Mount Everest is fairly high, we'd have a fairly sizable sand pile. Now, if we had a bird that would take one grain of sand from that sand pile every 100 billion years, how long would it take that bird to finish the sand pile? I don't know that in human language we have such a number, but it is probably beyond numerical count. Whatever that number is, when the bird finishes the last grain of sand, you will have been in eternity for your first second. Eternity is such a huge thing. Francis Chan had this illustration where he had this rope and he was talking about this rope and the rope went off the stage and who knows where it ended up and there was this little tiny red mark at the end of the rope and he's like, your eternity, your life right now is just this little red speck and this rope that goes on and on is your eternity with the Lord. And when we live with eternal hope, that makes a difference how we live life today. When we live with eternal hope, it makes a difference in the things that we choose to do, the way we spend our time, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our resources, and the things that we value and prioritize most. I mean, on average, you might live to be 80 years old, right? So I just hit 50, and when I was looking at deck, I'm building a deck, which is actually a God thing, because my wife has wanted a deck for 17 years, and I've always said it's too expensive and it's too hard. So she is helping to provide the money for the deck. So uh, I, by faith, am building this deck and praying about it and watching YouTube videos, which confused me more than anything. 
And then I'm consulting with our good friend Joe, who used to live here, who works at Village Creek Bible Camp now. I send him pictures. I'm like, am I doing this right and everything? And then I had Mike come out and inspect. But I'm doing it. God's answering prayer. I'm getting it done, getting it done fast. And so I'm thinking about the life of the deck, right? You know, maybe it lasts 15 years. Supposedly, you can put this flashing tape on it, make it last like 40 or 50 years. And I, I look at some of these tools, you know, like 20-year warranty. I'm thinking, okay, am I going to be here in 20 years? Am I going to be here in 30 years? Actually, I hope I'm not here in 30 years because my retirement plan is called the rapture. So my wife and I have enough money to retire for at least a month. So uh, I'm just I'm hoping I hold together because I think I'm just going to be working all my life, but that's okay. Actually, I think it's funny when people say that they will be working up until their funeral lunch. That might be me. I don't know. Eternity, my hope is in heaven. Whatever happens, if I live for a long time or if I die tomorrow, I hope that Jesus is proclaimed and that people remember that I am eternally secure. Not because I'm perfect, because I am not. I seem to like mess things up everywhere I go, all along I go. Uh, maybe you do too. And somehow God seems to you know, go behind me and, and try to make things work. I trust him and he helps. But I'm trusting Jesus for my salvation. I have believed in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And therefore, because of what the Bible says, I am guaranteed eternity with the Lord. When I am dead and gone, I hope that you have a funeral that proclaims Jesus to everybody because funerals are for the living Matter of fact, the Bible says it's better to go to many funerals than festivals so we remember about the shortness and the importance of life, eternity. So Solomon in Ecclesiastes says that we have eternity pre-wired in our hearts. In our soul, there is a God-shaped void. In our soul, there is this, this thought, this idea, this concept, this inbred desire to know God and to know about eternity and to know what happens after we die. The Bible makes it clear that death isn't the end, but a door that we go through that leads to eternity. And the Bible makes it clear that we are eternally with the Lord or eternally separated from the Lord in a place called hell, and we do not want that. We want to make it impossible for people to go to hell from Belle Plaine, Jordan, and the surrounding area. We want to at least have people say, well, I heard the message and I rejected it. That's why we have these Connecting with God tracks, and we have cases of these Bibles, these How to Find God New Testaments. And so they only cost us, they're under $3 each, and it talks all about how you can be saved and how you can grow in Christ. And we would love to see you take these and give them to people, not just dump them on people, but give them to people that want them, and maybe even help them go through here. But this is seed that you can plant that may lead to an eternal harvest, uh, a harvest of even righteousness in people's lives. Ecclesiastes 3.11, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So God has planted eternity in our hearts. We know there is something beyond this life. And we know from what the Bible has taught us that that is Jesus Christ making it possible for us to be saved and for us to spend eternity in God's presence. But people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So we know what God has revealed, but we don't know exactly, you know, what's going to happen in our future tomorrow. You might go through some really hard times and it might totally be part of God's plan. 
That hard time may be the thing that you need to be equipped for your future ministry God has for you. That hard time may be the thing that's going to build the character that you need or the strength that you need to endure, to serve, to be bold. You might go through a hard thing. Like when my son died, uh, I'm like, what can I do to help people know that drug addiction kills and that uh, life is hopeless without Jesus? So I put the IamSecond.com thing on the back of my window a couple years ago. My hope is that people would like go to that website and see some of those videos from the athletes and from the uh, musicians and the famous people, not famous people. The biggest one would be the Nike product manager that shares how he and his friends were addicted to drugs and God set him free. While he should be dead, he's not, and that Jesus can set other people free. And so God is working out a plan. And you might not understand it, but you need to trust him and have hope. You need to have hope and you need to be brokers of hope. You need to be distributing hope. You should be the person that brings hope in every situation. Number two, Jesus is the source of our eternal life. I already mentioned that, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So how do we get eternal life? By believing in Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, that if we repent of our sin and place our trust in him, that we will be saved, saved from the penalty of our sin, saved from the bonds of sin and able to live a life that pleases God. It opens the door for us to have eternal life. It opens the door for us to uh, be blessed and to have the Holy Spirit and all of these things. Jesus is the source of eternal life. Number three, Paul shares the hope, faith, and love of eternal life. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that we have love for all the saints, love for other believers, and hope in heaven, hope of heaven, hope that when we die, that the Lord will reward us for the stuff that we've done, that when we die, that we will be welcomed into Jesus' presence. Hope, faith, and love. Paul shares the hope, faith, and love of eternal life, and we want that eternal life. John, the Apostle John wants us to know we have eternal life. In 1 John 5, to 14 which is one of my favorite Bible passages ever, this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And the reason this, this is so important to me is because when opportunity has come my way and I've had to make a decision whether I want to do the godly thing or do my own thing, to know that I have eternal life, to know I'm secure in Christ, to know that I'm on the team even if I mess up. You ever had that experience before? You know, you, you mess up, you get kicked off the team, you mess up, you get fired at work, you, get, you mess up, and you know, then you don't have your job in, uh, or your elected job or whatever, all these things. And that happens in life. It just, it's a reality. But to know that I'm secure in Christ, not because I'm perfect, but because Jesus Christ made it possible. He died for my sin, and he paid the penalty. It is on him, not me. He's given me his righteousness in exchange. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. Whoever has the Son has life. Do you have the Son? Do you have life? I came into a relationship with Jesus by asking. 
So a prayer doesn't save you, but it's a good way to show that you believe in Christ. Something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. A prayer like that can bring you into a right relationship with Christ. And then you have the Son. The Spirit will testify in your heart that you're truly a believer. Answers to prayer will show that you are truly in Christ. When the Holy Spirit helps reveal Scripture and uh, helps you to grow in Christ, you will know that you are truly in Christ. John wants us to know we have eternal life because the Holy Spirit inspired him to write this important word. Hebrews 13.6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? You might be persecuted, you might be insulted, you might be called naive. People might think that you're not all there because you believe in Christ. You might lose job opportunities. You might lose opportunities in the educational world or or wherever um, because you are a Christian. But the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. If you fear people, then you won't serve Christ the way the devil actually wants you to be fearful of people, too fearful to share, too fearful to hand out New Testaments, too fearful to tell people about how you came into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, too fearful to warn people that the Bible says if they don't receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God's wrath still remains upon them and they will spend eternity in hell. Too fearful to say those things that are clearly written in the Bible. I don't make this stuff up. There's a chapter and verse for all, all that. Number five, Peter wants us to expect eternity in heaven. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. In great expectation. Great expectation that says, as you live this life, that you are making an eternal difference, that God sees and that God will reward. I was reading this sermon from Billy Graham years ago. He was saying that uh, one of the bonuses of being a Christian is the wonderful hope that extends beyond the grave into the glory of God's tomorrow. He writes, or he preached, I have talked to doctors and nurses who have held the hands of dying people, and they say there is as much difference between the death of a Christian and a non-Christian as there is between heaven and hell. The death of the righteous is not to be feared. It is not to be shunned. It is the shadowed threshold to the palace of God. No wonder Balaam said, let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like his in Numbers 23.10. And he also said, when D.L. Moody was dying, he looked up to heaven and said, earth is receding, heaven is opening. This is my coronation day. Yes, death is the Christian's coronation, the end of conflict and the beginning of glory and triumph in heaven. That doesn't mean you should... End your life early. What it means is that you should be faithful to serve God with the days He has given you. And on the day He determined that you should die, then you die and go into the presence of Jesus with great confidence and assurance. Grab the lights. I want you to watch this video clip. fears that grip our hearts, no fear is greater than the fear of death. There are those who will tell you that death is a natural part of life. But if death is just a part of life, 
And why does it cause us such anger and sorrow? When God created humanity, he intended for us to grow more and more beautiful over time. But in one tragic moment, we unleashed sin into the world and everything broke, including our bodies. Death is the ultimate consequence of sin and it fills God's heart with anger and sorrow even more than it does ours because death was not a part of God's original plan. The Bible says that when Jesus approached the tomb of his friend Lazarus, he quaked with rage and his eyes filled with tears. He was overwhelmed by the suffering caused by death, a curse we had brought upon ourselves. Death's curse was physical. Both the world and our bodies were decaying. But death's curse was also spiritual, eternally separating humanity from their creator, the source of all light, love, and life. But because of God's amazing love, he chose to surrender all power and glory to rescue us from death. Jesus, God's only son, was expelled from the presence of the Father and thrust into complete darkness in our place. He took humanity's curse upon himself, breaking death's grip on us and purchasing humanity a place at the Father's side forever. A day is coming when the true king will return at last to restore the world to its full glory and us with it, renewing both soul and body. You'll still be yourself, but even more so. You'll finally be the real you. On that day, we'll look at each other and say, I always knew you could be like this. I saw glimpses of the real you, flashes of it, and now here you are. Our future is not an ethereal, impersonal one. You're not going to float through the clouds. You're going to walk. You're going to eat. You're going to laugh. You're going to hug. You're going to sing in realms and degrees of power and joy that you cannot now imagine. Some will tell you not to fear death because it's part of life. But Jesus says not to fear death because it's been defeated. And the day will come when Jesus embraces you with his nail-scarred hands and says, Welcome home. I have so much to show you. All right, so when the Bible tells us about heaven and eternal life, it doesn't really describe to us everything that we would want to know. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Maybe it is so wonderful that God couldn't find words to describe everything. Can you imagine if we had like Timothy or the Apostle Paul or something, and we were back in time trying to tell him about all of the things of our day, you know, with our smartphones and our tablets and our computers and our cars, our boats, our snowmobiles, our airplanes, and trying to describe all that? Well, I mean, can you imagine God trying to explain eternity and all he has planned for us? He can only give us some clues and some ideas, but nothing totally says. We just have to trust. First John 2.28, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. 
Jesus is going to return someday. And wouldn't it be great to run straight up to Jesus and be so happy to see him instead of being ashamed, saying, you're here now? I didn't expect you to be here now. I expected you to wait. I was going to get my life together. I was going to, I was going to start to serve you, but I, I, I don't do that. Live for Jesus. Hopefully, it won't be an introduction. It will be a family reunion. What a great day that will be. I'll ask the guys to come forward, the people to come forward. It's communion time, and you're welcome to have communion with us if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. So the guys come forward for communion. In Mark 14, 21, Jesus says, For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago, but how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him, Judas Iscariot. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. So all around the world, people celebrate the Lord's Supper. We are told to do this in remembrance of the Lord. So what I like to do as we pass out uh, what's considered the bread, that we ask the Lord if there's any known sin that we need to confess. The Holy Spirit can reveal uh, what we need to confess and to confess that to the Lord and get a clean slate. Yes, you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and your sins were forgiven, but there could be sin in your life that is causing prayers to not be answered. Sin in your life that is in the way of your fellowship with the Lord, and you just need to confess that. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to purify you from all unrighteousness. So some music is going to play, and I'll come back up in a minute. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to live at this time, that you have given us the opportunities that are around us. Lord, we pray that you would guide and direct us, that you would show us the things that you want us to do and accomplish, that we would bloom where we're planted, and that we would proclaim you and the hope that you bring us and the hope that you have that we're to share with others. We pray you'd give us opportunity. We pray you'd use the tools that we have so readily available. We pray you'd give us courage, and we thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, taking away the penalty and the shame and the eternal death that would come from sin. We take this and we eat. When Paul writes about the communion passage that we always use in 1 Corinthians 11, he ends it with, um, in verse 25, about doing communion. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it, is what Jesus says. So do this in remembrance of Jesus as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And even the angels, when Jesus ascended into heaven, said that Jesus is going to return the same way you've seen him leave. And so someday Jesus is going to return, and that could actually be now. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be a thousand years from now. But we need to serve and know that our time is limited. My grandpa used to always say, we're going to do this if the Lord tarries. And that was him reminding me that Jesus could return at any time. So whatever it is that the Lord has put on your heart that you need to do to share the gospel with someone, to serve in such a way, you got to do it now because you don't know how much time you have left. Yes, you should prepare. You could go to Bible college for four years. You go to Crown College. You can serve in ministry while you're doing that or just get your training. You can plan for the future, but you should know that your time is limited. Uh, You could die tomorrow or the Lord could return. But to share hope, 
to share the love that Christ has, to share the good news of the gospel, to share how people can be saved, to live your life in such a way that uh, it, it affirms the message that you're, you're preaching. So, all right, the music's going to play, and they'll pass out the cup. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you give us an opportunity to serve. We thank you that you give us an opportunity to pray, to pray, to pray for our needs, to pray for people around us, to pray for opportunity, to pray for other people's needs. We thank you that you give us an opportunity to praise you and to proclaim all the answers to prayer. We thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to empower us, to equip us, to teach us, to guide us. We thank you that you've given us each other in this local church to befriend, to fellowship with, and to grow together. Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we take this, we drink, and we commit to proclaim you. Amen. The worship team is going to come up and sing. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.